Coming up, we're hanging at the Student Union, heading to the quad to try some ultimate frisbee, then stopping by the dining hall for some all-you-can-eat chicken patties, because up for debate tonight, we're going back to college. This is Up for Debate, episode number 114, recorded May 31st, 2018. Back to school. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by our Dean of Admissions, Mr. Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Hello, Mr. Sean. Congratulations on making the Dean's list of of podcasting. Uh, No one is buying it. No one. Am am I on the Dean's bad list? uh, You're on the naughty list, which means that you will receive a lump of textbook debt. Oh, no. They're so expensive, but no one reads them. (laughs) Yeah. um, Unfortunately, that's what you get for uh, sleeping through all your classes and uh, waking up late playing Pokemon Snap. I, I <laughs> that's what all the college kids are playing these days. Pokemon I, Snap. People so. are so confused at what time frame we are talking about. Uh, wow! I, it, it amazed me what I saw people doing in class. And, and I, there was a class I took where there was a kid. I kid you not, who for the entire hour, whatever of the class, would sit and watch Hulu with full headphones on, full screen Hulu. Never had another window open, never clicked on it with full headphones watching it. Why'd you even show up at that point? That's that's exactly the point. I mean, <laughs> that, that at that point, it's like you're just taking advantage of the professor's very liberal, lax uh, attendance policy. But at the Dang. same but at the same time, that was a class I took where at the end of the year, the professor told me that he didn't remember most of the semester because he was high on painkillers. So, you know, a lot of people were doing crazy shit in that class. (laughs) It was was barely there. It was the the 2010s. That's right. Now, Um, Matt, uh, I'm very excited about this topic. I'm I'm assuming most folks out there listening know this. Maybe they don't. College is how you and I know each other. We went to college together. That's right. I was Sean's RA his freshman year. No, you weren't. You weren't cool enough to be my RA. Sean... Sean did a lot of very uh, bad things, and and I had to I had to frequently reprimand him for bullying the other uh, hallmates. No, no, Matt, Matt, you were the one who was in a gang freshman year. What were you guys I, called? I remember, I, I remember, I remember very specifically the time that Sean uh, burnt down his entire uh, freshman dorm, uh, making mac and cheese in the microwave. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that sounds yep, like something that, and that I did. Cost him ten points from Gryffindor. People are just um, very confused. There was also the time that uh, you know, Sean thought it'd be a great idea instead of going to class, uh, he would build a fortress out of pillows and desks to block my room, the RA room, um, which I did not take too kindly to. Being the RA now, of the Matt, building. You're just listing things you did in college. So, <laughs> you know, take credit, man. Take credit. You've earned it. Credit where credit is due. That is yep. right. That's all me. So, of course, we... Sorry, we went... I'm just plugging in my computer. It's 
that's it's, it's warning me with the low battery. That's bad. No, you go ahead and do that now, Matt. We we sh- we shared a dorm freshman year. We shared a apartment style housing our sophomore year. We were friends outside of that. Um, and so I, I think you know I don't know if if we had the most traditional college experience, but we certainly had a college experience, um, and we can certainly speak to that. College, of course. A thing a lot of people are doing these days. All the cool kids are going to college, Matt. All the cool kids, all the poor kids, all the rich kids, now all you, the rich kids that then become poor kids because they went to college. Now, Matt, you spend all day around high school kids and not in a creepy way. Sure do. Um, and so they must be thinking a lot about going to college. You must hear a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I do. I do hear a fair amount. Um Especially around this time. Now now is kind of the time that uh the time that it's getting real for them. That they're uh starting to kind of look at uh look at the time they've spent in high school and, and looking at it with nostalgic eyes. By the way, I, I read a really a really um interesting article about how uh high school seniors kind of undergo like a it, behavioralists have, have looked at this phenomenon they undergo kind of a uh, they're calling it a um, sociological regression uh, basically what that means is that they um, they are at senior year mm-hmm. and as the as the year goes on they start acting more immature in their behavior and actions for better or for worse. Like this doesn't necessarily isn't all negative, but they start acting less mature and, and kind of regressing to the way they were in elementary school. And the article postulates that we spend from, from sixth grade all the way up to 11th grade. We start this arc where we like mature as we should every year and then, like, once 11th grade is done, once they reach, like, a plateau, the first – probably the first semester of senior year, and then you have this part where the plateau arcs downward and starts to kind of motion a little bit down. They, they're starting to call this the um, – the Senioritis? Retro, it's like, yeah, it's senioritis is what it is, <laughs> but it, they're calling it, like, a retrograde youth or something like that, Ret- retrograde youth movement. And then presumably we, we start climbing back up in college. That doesn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> Shit gets real. But um, yeah, I, I would I would argue probably that we start we go down and then we hit another plateau and that plateau kind of lasts all through college. And then when you're out on the real world, you know, your life is basically over. Sure. But um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. But I, I, th- I found it really interesting. Like they, they had evidence where seniors, you know, wear ironic T-shirts and comic comical shirts or they'll just wear pajamas to school. Like a lot of people thought that was like them saying, like, screw it, like I give up. But but now they're finding it's more that they're they're retracting into this comfortable I get that. sense of of youth and childhood. And they think it's a defense mechanism because they're not prepared for the real world. They're, you know, afraid to go out into the real world. So they're kind of like, you know, grabbing their childhood with with both hands and and vigorously clutching it. 
I thought it was a, it was an interesting article. Do you think you can speak to that, Sean? Was that was that Sean Jennings' senior year of high school? Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, but I will say it wasn't necessarily immaturity for me. Uh, but I had a terrible a terrible senior year, um, mainly because. I, I I don't know how much time you have to talk about my psychology, but <laughs> we could be here a while. Um, but, you know, I pushed a lot of people away. I didn't want to be there. My graduation was like, I, there. I would have rather been anywhere else on planet Earth than there, um, really for my whole senior year. And I think that was sort of a coping thing of like, this part of my life is over and these people won't be in my life anymore. And I'm just going to say I'm done and I'm over it and I'm ready to ready to move on. I wouldn't say I went necessarily immature, but I certainly reacted differently that year than I did at any other point in high school. Yeah, uh, well. Just know that, you know, it's you, you definitely weren't the only one, according no. to this article. And it I happens to over 50 percent of of. High school seniors. I absolutely believe rising it. every year. An another reason you could not pay me to teach high school um, <laughs> would be to deal with that. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Because um, I knew a lot I, of people who were pulling years, a lot of but shit. I can imagine it not being not being the the most fun around this time. Yeah. Um. No. Once you know, once I mean, it's a great it's a great feeling once you're accepted into a school and. You get that letter, that notification in the mail. You know, it's it's a fantastic feeling that you're, you know, at least you're going to go somewhere. Yep. And you've been accepted somewhere and you're not going to be, you know, stomping on the brakes or, or, or rather putting the pedal to the metal when mm -hmm. you, you get that high school diploma. What am I going to do now? So you're going to go somewhere. But, you know, what that comes with is, oh, you know, I can just coast now. I can just coast. Like wear my pajamas to school. I don't give a shit. Like you know, whatever. Um, well, I, I have to say, I, I rather liked my senior year. Um, I, I I didn't have many friends in high school. I, I would say I had a very small, close knit group of people, and I knew that we would still kind of keep in touch. You know, it wouldn't be the same as as the old days, but we would still definitely keep in touch through the years. And I think we've we've kind of done that. Um, more or less, but you know, I, I, it is, it is very daunting, like looking around being like, I'm never going to see any of these people again, like in the same place, maybe the reunion, maybe, but yeah, well, these um, are a lot of people you grew up with for, for more than just high school for a long time. And I think, you know, my sophomore and junior year in high school, I kicked so much ass. I was great. I'm just putting that out there. But senior, <laughs> but senior year, I mean, it really, you know, you can, you can definitely mark a change. And I don't talk to anyone from my high school or from, I, I don't even like going back there for the occasional event. Um, that's, that's just part of my life. That's not. Oh, sure. I mean, it, it become it definitely becomes a place that you outgrow. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I, I don't, I had a purpose here once, but you know, I've been replaced by, other students and other students have replaced those students. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, just been such a long time. Well, and, um, and I think, you know, as we talk about transitioning to college, I think that's one of the big differences. And you were just mentioning this, that high school at least is supposed to be, and is more so a structured environment than what college is. 
you know, and it's very true. And I think that's one of the things that is sort of in a way scary about going to college, but also freeing is that you you have some of the same parameters of being educated and tests and and homework and but you're you're adding a whole fourth dimension to it of living on your own, being away from where you've been, you've got to feed yourself and clothe yourself and now all of a sudden you're not in class for eight hours, five hours, whatever. I don't even know how long kids are in school anymore, but however many hours you're in school a day, uh, it's totally different. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, for me, I think probably the biggest adjustment was not necessarily, you know, getting up and going to class. I was used to that. And most of us are from our high school days, but it was the, um, it was the, the other piece of it, the social piece, the, surviving on my own piece that that part because you know all of a sudden the big wide world seems to just kind of hit you you have this feeling where it's you know i'm i'm in it now this uh-huh. is it like and and a lot a large part of that comes from the the waiting and the anticipation you know since you get to high school like you're you never think that the day is going to come you know you never it never and then all of a sudden it does and and it's an adjustment. It's a big time adjustment. Now, I want to get to that to that moment. Um, well, actually, you know what? Let's rewind a little bit before that moment of I'm in it, and and you know I'm in my dorm room. Mom and dad have left, and and it's just me. Let's get to the uh, the summer before you go to college. Okay. All right. You you might know who your roommate is. You might not know. Um, what do you? What is Sean Jennings? going to where is he going first of all and what is he buying to prepare for his new dorm room experience yeah that was uh, yeah that was a fun summer um i don't really remember um no i yeah of course you know it's funny around that time of year Y'all have your your back to school sale and those little checklists come out with all the things you need for your dorm. And it turns out you don't need most of them. Uh, And I don't know why (laughs) they tell you you need every little kind of cubby organizer and every little kind of, you know, this, that gimmick thing. And, oh, look, if we get this, it it collapses into this thing and then we can get more stuff in your little space. And it's no, that doesn't you don't need that. Um, Yeah, I remember there was a lot of a lot of stuff to go in to go and buy, which is funny because those weren't big dorm rooms. So I don't know where I put all of it. Right. Uh, I, I remember I ended up, I ended up throwing out so much crap that year. Well, I way over bought. I, I think those um, companies, they prey on parents is really what it is more so than the students. Cause it's like, you don't want to be the parent who sends your kid to school without, you know, without a this vacuum mis- sealer for your clothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Whatever crazy nonsense Bed Bath and Beyond <laughs> is shoving down your throat, and you, you know, and of course, the parents say, "Well, the, the checklist says you should have it, so better safe than sorry." We're yes, going to get it for you. Very much. Like, our, I mean, I think good parents really want their kids to be prepared for everything, and yeah, and and like you said, those companies definitely prey on that, and they're like. You know, these parents will literally buy anything if we tell them that their kid needs it. So, I mean, speaking of things that your kids need, not only do you have this checklist for your dorm room, but you also have this this list of books that you have to oh, buy for your classes. Oh, textbooks. And holy crap, how expensive these books are. It's awful. Anybody who goes to college will tell you that, you know, go to Amazon. Go to Amazon and get, get you know, hook up that 
that used book list, get the same book for, you know, about 75% off because damn, you do not need to spend no $1,600 on a brand new textbook. Well, and, and I'll tell you this, I think for my money, the internet has really revolutionized textbooks because I can't imagine what it was like 20, of course, the books were also not as expensive, but 20 years ago, you had to like order in advance your book from the, there, there wasn't multiple, there was only the campus, you couldn't go to a bookstore and buy these books. So no. it, 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 it was such a monopoly at that point. And nowadays, whether you're renting or you're buying or even digital books, you've got way more options than you used to have. My advice to people going to college or in college, I, I'm, I know we have a big young fan base. Um, <laughs> I would say we live in a world of digital books and two-day shipping. Don't buy the books ahead of time. Wait until the class starts and see. Because I don't mind buying a book if it's relevant for the class and I'm going to learn something from it. Like, I get it. There's a, If I got to spend 50 bucks on a book, but it means I'm going to pass the class, you got to buy the book. What pisses me off is when I go out and buy books and they're never referenced in the class or were never tested on it. That right. blows my mind. Ugh. Now, I'm sure from our, our, our different experiences being different majors sure our textbooks kind of differed i mean i, I was a history slash education major you were you were doing your communications degree. yeah we didn't need books we didn't need um, books I, I know that we actually we used a fair amount of the books in 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 i would say about 90 percent of the classes that i took yep especially the history classes every history class that i, t I took that makes sense i can assure you that we definitely use the books they weren't text we didn't have any textbooks they were more like history books mm -hmm. um i would say you know a couple of times at least <laughs> the history book would be written by the professor and of, of course <laughs> great you know, scheme he, he wants you to buy his book it's it's really it. like the uh the best scheme in the book but i appreciate um, the balls on that that one oh, I'll, yeah. I'll gladly buy the book and i'll ask the professor to sign it because at that yes. point then you're like dude you got you got balls like good for good for you. <laughs> yeah. How do I get in on definitely, this racket? I mean, I, I, I think at the time, maybe I was a little bit miffed, but definitely. So I, I, I can see some respect there. Like, because why the hell wouldn't you like if you're teaching the class and you wrote a book on it and you can make money off of it by all power to you. Yep. Um, but uh, I remember in addition to the history classes, I took the language classes. We used a decent amount of the, of the workbook there would always be a workbook and a very expensive textbook to go along with it. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that though, I heard just from my sister being a biochem major and then switching over to accounting. Um, she, her books were extremely expensive. Like yep. very, the bio, especially the biochem ones. Yep. Very, very expensive. Cause they had, it had to be the newest edition. It had to be like the, you know, the most up to date, um, but like you said before, I wonder how the digital age is kind of re replacing that or remedying that in a way, because you can't really justify a you know a, a six hundred dollar price tag on a book when it can be digitized and you know read online. Or well, can you? I can tell you that because in the last couple years of college, I did try to move to digital textbooks because I'm like a shipping them as a hassle and storing them and carrying them. That was the biggest thing. And my assumption is, like yours, of course they'll be cheaper because they don't have to print them wrong. Again, this was many years ago, but 
they were the exact same price as like a used copy of the book would have been, which was kind of frustrating. Now, if they came out and said, you buy the book, but for the rest of your life, you get the updates when we do a new version. And it's like, include, like when you buy an app, you get the app updates and they don't charge you for them. That's one thing. But these books, I don't know. I, I just think it was, I think they're like, what? wait, we don't have to print them and we can charge the same price. Let's do that. It's terrible. It's all about necessity, isn't it? I mean, I was going to save this for the end, but, you know, the college is the same way. We can justify, you know, a extravagant, you know, we're talking almost in the millions price tag. Um, you know, we can justify that because it's something that's necessary or it's something that's painted by society as as being necessary, mm-hmm. you know, Um and what better what better business scheme than that? Then you know this is essential. You have to. Everybody's got to go to college. You know you can't. You, what are you talking about? You don't go to college. How are you going to get a job? Like, uh, I was the other day. I was I was thinking about the what was another scheme that is very very similar. Uh, it'll come back to me. But but yeah, it really is. Um, it really has gotten to such a. Such a crazy point in in uh in in time with uh spending and well everything that goes into it. I mean, if if we we want to pivot into that part of the discussion, I have very legitimate thoughts about <laughs> the college system in America today. We're getting folks. We're getting controversial. We're getting serious here. We're not fooling around. Um, very serious here. Up for debate. I think the issue I have with colleges is that on paper, college is a really good idea to have a place that encourages a broader learning than what you would get in a high school, both focused and broader, right? And so you're getting just a different version of learning. Combine that with an opportunity for individuals to grow and prosper into functioning adults in an academic setting is a really good idea. The problem is that's not what colleges are. It's not at all. <laughs> the problem I have is that colleges are businesses. Now, I had the fortunate opportunity, and again, this is a, a narrow case, but I think it's more common than you... I think it's more common, where I got to work on campus the, the years I was in college, and because of that, I got access to a lot of people and a lot of information about how colleges work on the back end. A lot of people don't think about that. The, the profit and loss, the, the revenue, the, those sorts of things that a student doesn't really think about. And what I learned is that colleges are a business and they have to make money. You know, they say they're nonprofit, but they're really not because they spend the money. You know what I mean? They, they always have sure. to have, it's like an amusement park every year. They have to have something new or else people won't come. And it, it's an arms race. And, and one of the biggest terms I heard in my years working there was alternate revenue stream. We're not making enough money off the students. How else can we make money? And to me, that was really disappointing because I think that is when it when it starts becoming a business, I think that's a real disservice to the students because I'm not saying it can't work as a business, but I'm just saying I think that betrays the fundamental promise of what these institutions are supposed to be. I, it, it doesn't bother me that they're expensive. 
necessarily. I wish they were cheaper. I'm glad that community colleges and things like that are trying to take up that mantle. I think that's disappointing. The problem I have is the reason they are expensive is not because it's more, not, not because all of a sudden college costs more money to run. It's because they're doing all this BS stuff that they to try to top other colleges. Well, and because they want to be able to show their boosters and their donors and alumni. And it's, again, it's more of a business. The places they sink the money, that was always a problem I had was, you know, the college colleges are growing in student numbers, but they're not paying for extra staff to support them. The money is instead going to new buildings and it's instead going to, 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 to shiny campuses overseas and to, to sports facilities and to these areas. And I don't want to be that guy, "Eh, college sports, eh, they're taking all the money from the learning. Like I'm not that guy, but it's just such a, such a missed opportunity. Like every dollar should be going to helping the students and, and, and and reducing their burden and making it easier and better for them to learn. And that's not how these schools work anymore. No, it isn't. Um, and I, I remembered while, while you were, while you were talking, um, I, I remembered what my gripe was, what the other industry that very much like college has become, you know, big business, big capital. Uh, it's the wedding industry. Oh yeah. Particularly the, the venues. Yes. That, that was what it was. I was having a conversation with my, with my fiance about getting married and, and you know, what, how, how, how extravagant venues charge, like the prices that they charge. And you would think like, Oh, you know, we're looking easily like seventeen hundred eight or no seventeen hundred, seventeen thousand, eighteen thousand dollars, you know, for a single night, just for a single night. Yep. Just, then that's it. Um. And how much that has changed from you know our parents' generation, where you know yeah seventeen hundred seventeen hundred and eighteen hundred dollars would have been more a little bit more in, in terms of the norm. Um and. That yeah, that really is an, is another industry that is kind of kind of gi- ginormousized and uh, is now kicking millennials in the ass. Yep, much like uh, college did. So yeah, I mean it. In both cases, I think society presents a need. There they they turn a they turn a an option into a need, you know, so to speak. Like nobody needs to need, nobody needs to get married in a marriage, in a wedding venue. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs to go to a expensive college or university. You know, there are trade schools, there are community colleges, like you mentioned. Um, There's, you know, the, 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 in the military, there's a lot of options, but these are, these both wedding venues and colleges present this great need that you have to go here. And if you don't go here, you're going to be a, a social failure or social outcast in either sense. Like, what do you mean you didn't go to college? What do you mean you didn't get married at a, in a, in a proper wedding venue? You know, yep. it's, it's, it comes down to what FOMO fear of missing out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I think, Part of that, and this is, uh, I think, the bigger issue, I, you know, I want to make clear, I don't have an issue with expensive colleges. I think the Harvards of the world should exist. There should be better colleges, and there should be less nice, there should be a range of colleges. I don't have a problem with that. Same with cars. There should be 
you know, Bentleys and Jaguars, and there should also be Honda Civics. I'm fine with that. The problem I have is we've created, and this is also true of weddings, by the way, we've created a debt culture. We've created a culture where you are expected, expected to take on five to six figures worth of debt to finance the colleges. And what that does is it gives free reign of, to those schools to say, oh, Sean can't afford to come to our school, but we know he's going to take on the debt to come here. So let's go, let's go spend some money. Let's go, let's right. go, let's, let's go, go spend this money. So they're not looking to keep expenses down when they're building that new library. Yeah, we could build it for a hundred million, but gosh, if we, if we made it look real pretty on the brochure, it would only cost 200 million. Well, we can just charge it to Sean cause he's going to take out the debt anyway. What's another thousand or 2000 or $5,000, you know? And Bingo. that's, that's the, that's the single biggest problem because if we created an expectation of, and this, this is the point I hope to get to by the end of the show. If, if the one piece of advice I would give somebody, and I do give people who are looking at colleges, is the number one thing you should look at at a college, full stop, is can you afford it? And it sucks. And it's not fair. I would also like to drive a sports car, okay? I'd love to own a convertible. I can't afford one. You can't go to a college you can't afford. I can wish I had known without that. Accruing, without accruing a tremendous amount of debt. A debt you consider reasonable based on the future job you will have. Will you yes. be able to, if you're going to go be a doctor, yeah, okay, you can take on more debt because hypothetically your earning potential is higher. If you're going into communications or, or public education, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, don't go to somewhere that, you're, you're, you know, what's, but they don't educate young people, they don't educate high school students about this. And the colleges prefer no. it that way because the colleges, they're not the ones putting out the loan, so they don't give a shit if you default on them. Mm -hmm. It's very true. These are things that uh, definitely, you know, kids are taking all kinds of electives these days. This, this would be a real good elective. Yeah. Sean Jennings presents uh, Living a Debt-Free Existence. <laughs> don't be like me, kids. <laughs> wouldn't you like disposable income because mm. um, you won't have any no I, it's it, it really is just such a, a, a you're, you're right it's an expectations game and that's it just comes down to kids are automatically uh, when did a state school become a safety school when did community college stop being an option you know when right. did, when when did trade, trade schools school stop becoming an option absolutely I, I can't tell you the amount of people that I know that, you know, never, never saw college as a realistic option, never took their schooling seriously, you know, figured that some, somehow something would go for them and, and, and they'd end up at the end of high school with some kind of job. Those, and then they, they go on into college, just kind of drifting into like, well, you know, this is what society says I should do. And then just failing tremendously their first year. Because they were never prepared for it and they were never – it was never something that they were going to – and that same that same kid, that same student I think would be, would be much more successful. I mean no question about it. If they had just gone to a trade school, if they had just gone to a community college and, and kind of gotten their life figured out before they took that giant leap. I, I, comp I compare these colleges to credit card companies in a way where their job is to recruit you as a customer and to, and to take your money and to, and to have you leaving satisfied, right? It's not about what you learn necessarily. It's not about you growing as a person. It's about you not being pissed off when you leave at the end, <laughs> you know, cause then right. you'll complain. So you're you're going to tell other people about That's it. That's right. And so it is a business and That's it's not, business. 
they, they, it, it sucks. And I, I, you know, and I don't want to say this is true of every college. I don't think it's, it's fair to make it a blaming statement, but I do think it's true. Of a lot of them, their priority is not student education. They're there. There it's not growing people. It's not making sure their students are successful at the end of the day. It's about making their balance sheet successful at the end of the day. And I know I sound very cynical. I feel very cynical about it, but um, I do think that it's a real fundamental problem. That's why colleges on paper are a very good idea. But in 2018, we've created a system that is extremely detrimental to students. And by the way, I tell people this and they don't believe me. People are wondering what's going to be the next crash of our economy. What's going to be the next big hit on our economy? Wait till millennials become 35 or 40 and they can't afford to buy a home and they can't afford to buy a car and they're renting for the rest of their lives. Do you know what? And they have no discretionary spending because of student debt. What do you think that's going to do to an economy that no joke is fundamentally based on consumer spending? Our economy, there's nothing with our economy except consumer spending. If (laughs) consumer spending goes down, that's what happened in 08. It kills us. Yeah. Yeah. And so what happens when you have an entire generation who is no longer not only buying small things, but buying big things like houses and cars? Yeah, no longer buying anything that's except right. ramen. You know? well, that's <laughs> like, right. We're, we're moving to a rental economy, and that does yeah. not work. And that's a, that's a big well. problem. Yeah. Um, any ideas for a potential solution? For, oh, that's a great question. For, uh, yeah, for this situation. Well... I, I you know, gosh, it's hard to fix an entire system when it's reached a point like this. I think I think you need to start with the students. Look, I'm a big believer in the market tells you what's right and wrong. If your consumers hate your product and they stop buying it, guess what? You change it. That's what helped us move a lot of products towards green and environmentally friendly products. It's because the market spoke and they wanted to buy them. It's not because these companies were suddenly altruistic and wanted to help help the globe, you know. And so I think if we do a better job of educating young people before college of their options. And all of a sudden we have higher enrollments at community college and vocational colleges and quote unquote cheaper colleges. Um, I think that I think the market will eventually speak when the the problem is the quote unquote expensive colleges are seeing enrollment double every year, you know? So what is stopping them from changing? They're not going to do it on their own. So the market has to speak. And I think that's, that's true. It begins before college. Once you've made the decision, the problem is colleges make it very difficult to transfer. Once you've made that decision, you're locked in. You're not going anywhere. So you, you've got to do it before they ever even make that decision. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Um, well, I, yeah, I think just going off what you were saying, I think that um, it's got to come with, you know, just like any good, like any product or service, there's got to be some kind of competition yep. that will, you know, make it lower its prices. You know, you take any any items um, that are any goods that are available for purchase. If if one good is cheaper than the other, and you know, accomplishes a a a comp- comparative goal, you know, you're gonna buy the you're gonna t- you buy the cheaper option. Um, so I think it's it's got to come from more trade schools. It's got to come from more uh, rote skills that uh, we're you know severely severely losing. I mean, in this country, you mean like you talk about a glut of skilled workers? Well, our skilled workers are you know skilled in 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 things like you know 
public relations and uh, outward management and, and very, very much like hypothetical or cere like cerebral things. But, you know, if we started getting more, you know, skilled in something like computer programming or or machine programming or engineering or building or something like that um the medical fields things like that i, I think that that could that could maybe do it i think also the, the the opportunity really is is online it's the internet it's it's the yep. the things that uh i know harvard put out they um a couple years back put out a free like a, basically you can you can obtain i wouldn't say a harvard education but you could obtain you could take you could certainly take free classes for at, like the harvard level you know difficulty um online there's a there's a great website called edx eedx that um also does the same thing you can take college classes online there for a lot cheaper now Right now, those are definitely not you know valid options to replace a college education. But I think the 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 future is definitely will come online. It'll be it will come from learning at your own pace. Once institutions gain a, a like more of a credibility and more of a like can kind of assert themselves online, um, then I think they can really give colleges a run for their money and. Uh, that unfortunately, that's going to come with a lot of, you know, a lot of funding that that those online online places will need. But the base from it, it really has to come from kind of a content created by regular people that are not that don't have much of a an investment in in uh in like grounded institutions. Well, yeah, I, I look, colleges are going to have expenses. I mean, you can't, college is going to cost money. I mean, it just, it, that's, it's, it's a, it's buildings filled with people that have to be paid. I mean, I, I get that, but you look at something like a $50 application fee to apply to a college. To me, that's bonkers. Cause you're immediately, how, how does a family that wants to send three or four applications, how are they supposed to afford that? You know, to, to me, it's things yeah. like that where there's no need. I can't imagine how it costs a college $50 to process an application considering it's all online now. It's, it's crazy to me. So uh, how, how much, uh, how much ink in their stamp do you think? How much does that cost? I you mean, know, like even if it takes, I understand you have to pay people. What does it take you an hour? Even if it takes an hour to look through the application, that's $50 an hour. <laughs> that's, I mean, it just the math is bonkers. So, I, yeah. you know, you, you gotta you gotta put the students first and not the balance sheet. But Matt, you did you did get me thinking there in something you said, which was I want to talk a little bit about the sort of educational side of colleges. And I think you know, I think online is a really interesting idea. I for my money, from my college experience, I think colleges do need to really think hard about how they educate their students in 2018. It, I'm it. I, I'm baffled that we still have lecture classes. I true, I truly am. In 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 considering the 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 generations that are now in colleges and the way they've been brought up and the way they've been taught to learn, I hated lecture classes so much. I could not. I'm like borderline ADD. I could not pay attention. They were very uninteresting. They were very slow. And it wasn't until I got into my later college years when you move towards a more project based class 
a, a hands-on interactive type class, an assignments, do something, bring it in, and we talk about it. That's how you learn type class. For me, I think colleges have a great opportunity to innovate because they're not as burdened like you know your K through 12s are by the state. Um, they have more of an opportunity to try new things to teach their students outside of of the traditional lecture environment. And I'd like to see them do that more. I think you're spot on. Yeah. Um, and I, being a history major, I can't tell you how many lectures they were all lecture classes. <laughs> I can't really. even That's imagine. That's the best answer. Every single one of them. Oh Some my are God. better than others, but. Very true. Uh, and that's that's the direction that all education is going towards. Uh, I can tell you from being a high school educator that that is very much – as a matter of fact, next week, next Wednesday, we're going to uh, meet as a county. We're, we're taking an um, administrative day and we're meeting as a county to discuss the future of assessment and, and how – it's moving just like you said. You're, it's moving toward a project-based environment. A hundred percent is. Um, no longer will a classroom be, you know, a bunch of desks and chairs all in rows, you know, as a teacher just drones on for yep. ninety minutes at a stint while the while the students take notes. It's very much going to be a trial and error, you know, kind of play as you go. Figuring things out on your own, you know, from the text, from the internet, which has become such an asset now, um, and collaborative. It's all it's all collaborative. It's all moving towards like, what can you accomplish as a team? How can you grow as a team? Like, because that's the way that the working world is now. That's the way that the professional world is now. It's it's all collaborative. So that's that's how the that's how the future generations are going to need to adapt to and need to. You know, interpersonal skills are just as important as as any any skill you can learn, um, and that's really at the forefront of of all education today. But like you said, you know, you brought up a great point. Universities can certainly be innovators in this category because they're not beholden to the same standards as as public school schools are. Yep. You know, the the, the curriculum is is much more lax and much more, uh, much more mobile. Well, and, and in college too, and, and I think you, you nailed it, uh, uh, lecture learning in no way reflects the real life once you leave college. Like, it's so different. And I always tell people, I learned more in my years of employment at college than I did in the classroom at college. I learned how to function in a business office. I learned how to work every day with people. I learned how to, how to accomplish tasks and organize things. And to me, that's not that learning history isn't important or learning biology isn't important, but those are skills you use every single day, you know? Oh, and, yeah. and for me, that was such a takeaway. And then, like I said, because I was in communications and in sort of a, a creative side of it, being able to, to work on teams and do projects and accomplish things with people who you don't know, you've never met before, there's just so much skill learning that I think is more important than fact learning. Fact learning is easy yes. in 2018. We got the goddamn internet. We got Wikipedia. hundred percent. Again, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It, 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 the, the reforms that are coming through with education now, uh, I can speak especially from, from the social studies aspect of it is 
you yeah. know, just to throw out an example, who the hell needs to know who the seventh emperor of Rome was? You know, who the hell needs to know who what what the what the Magna Carta you know, established for the or, Britons. Like, or that John Goodman won an Emmy for his role on Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Well, that, that, could, that could possibly <laughs> win you a Jeopardy. That could, That's you can true. Get a, you can get you some public trivia mileage out of that one. True. But for those other ones, you don't need to know that. What you need to, to be able to do, though, is you need to be able to work as a group and you need to be able to do things like interpret a document. Um, everybody gets a contract at their job. You need to know how to read it. Yep. You need to know how, you know, what it says. You need to know how it's going to benefit you or how it's going to screw you over in the end. That's something that kids are, can easily learn in a social studies class. Um, you need to know things, things like reading an article for bias. You know, it, it, is what this author is saying is it, is it inherently biased? Is yep. it is it true? First of all, how can we fact check it? That process comes from the social studies. So um, it's it's the skill set has changed definitely for the better. Um, and and the lecture part of it, none of none of the all what all those skills have in common is that none of them come from listening to somebody stand up and lecture for 90 minutes. Yep. They all come from doing, like you said, working at a job, learning in the field. I did the same thing when I was doing student teaching kind of wish that I had a year of student teaching instead of a semester. I think that I learned way more in that one semester than yep. I ever did in a, any of my classes prior to that. And it would be great to see, it would really be great to see college move in that direction, that hands-on well, field experience you, mode. You know, what I've told every boss I've ever had is, look, I'm young, I'm going to make mistakes, but I promise I'm never going to make it twice because that's what this is all about. It's about making mistakes and it's about learning. And if you don't do it, you're never going to learn to because a textbook uh, is is part of the answer, but it's not the full answer. But this does. And I, we, I we're not going to have time to get into it too much tonight. But, you know, the idea of a college internship, I think, is both great and horribly abused in in modern day, because a there are not enough internships to go around. And yet colleges more or less and certainly employers after college expect you to have done it which is creating a vacuum where employers do not have to pay their interns, which I think is is grossly unfair and is absolutely terrible. Um, and I'm very much against that. It creates an environment where interns are not, it's not like the apprenticeship it should be. It's more as, oh, we'll just get somebody in the office to crunch numbers for us all summer because we don't have to pay them rather than actually teaching them the skills that they need. Um, I'm very thankful for for the internship I had, and it's led to my entire career because I was able. They gave me a shot to do something important, to work with real people, and and to actually learn something, and that that parlayed into to all my job and, and my entire career I've had since. And I just think it's so frustrating to me that that when I hear students say, "I'm I have to travel two hours one way to an internship I hate, and they don't even pay me, and I don't do anything there, but I need it for my resume," to me that just drives me crazy. Crazy. That drives me crazy because that is such an abuse of the system. Um, but anyway, in case you can tell, I have strong feelings on this. But that 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 <laughs> really? I despise that because that's that's gross. It's become almost like a like a new, you know, and, and definitely don't want to throw this term around, but like a new indentured servitude. Like no, you're new, absolutely right. It's is kind of what it's become. It's like you know, you you work 
for free for so many years. And, and that th- those years are growing, by the way, like not, they're not shrinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how long a, a company can, you know, abuse their, their interns. Yep. Um, and it, it, it gets to the point where, you know, once, once they've kind of drained the, the, the existence out of you and, and gotten uh, more interns are getting burned out now when they're first starting on the job than yep. ever before. Um, you know, starting at, um, starting at, you know, minimal wages and mostly it's the hours. I think it's mostly the hours that they ask these interns to work and just kind of burning them out at the beginning, you know, and then getting, squeezing all the, that they can out of them. And then just kind of like tossing them aside when they can't work anymore. Um, I would I would want colleges to look more at that and because uh, it really should be a learning experience. It shouldn't be let me work all I can and pay my dues and then work like uh, for free. Yep. Just so I can not get a job later on. I'm sure that's the story of many a communications major. Too many. Uh, now, Matt, I, I think we'd be remiss if we ended this episode and didn't talk about the fun side of college. Cause I think we've talked about the bummer side of college long <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, but, but college isn't just oh, about bummer. learning. It's about you developing as a person through things like all you can eat dining halls, late night parties, just generally hanging out. Um, what, what, what was, what was the, what was your favorite fun side of college? Just that college was a, a four year play date. You know, like when you're a kid and, you know, you ask your mom or dad if you could have a a friend over, then imagine that friend comes over. You say, hey, mom or dad, can that friend stay for dinner? Sure. You know, okay. Hey, mom or dad, can that friend like spend the night, a sleepover? Okay, yeah, sure. That's fine. Hey, what if they spend the weekend? What if they spend the next four Four years years. of your life? Like that's pretty much what college is. It's if you make the right friends and you, you know. You form a real good relationship. It, it really does become a four-year continuous play date. Like, and that that to me is the the part of college that I will always always cherish and and have a fond place for um, my memory. So, uh, what about you? Yeah, you know, I I I obviously I think I, I you know agree, and it's just the idea that. There's something, and I, I I don't remember how you felt on on move-in day on your first day of college. Uh, I was fucking terrified uh, because this is the first time not only are all these people strangers who have never met, but you spend 24 hours a day around them. I mean, this is this is where you live, and it's not like you know, right now in my life, I spend a lot of time with my coworkers, but I really only spend you know eight hours a day with them. And then I go yeah, home, then you come home and, and it's your own world. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's separate. Right. But this, it's mm-hmm. like, you are constantly surrounded by it, not just by roommates, but even just by people in the buildings, you're seeing the same people, whether it's the staff of the college or the professors of the college, you're seeing the same people at 24 hours a day, every single day for years. And that's such a new experience because you're essentially in a whole nother world. Everything about your life is different. The day you step foot on that college campus, and it's, and if you make the most of it, and I, I fully acknowledge it doesn't work out for everyone, and I think that's a shame, but if you, t- if you do make the most of it, and under the right circumstances, there is a lot of 
both fun and and growth opportunity to be had, which is great, which is why I think colleges are extremely important. Yeah, um, that's the side I definitely don't regret. Um, it, it really is a unique, a unique experience. And I think it does make you a better person because it really, like you said, it really takes you out of your comfort zone. Um, and it may, if you find out what you're made of, you find out, you know, how you, how you really deal with social settings versus how, you know, maybe you, you thought you would. And i and, and I know that for, for many people, it comes as a surprise, like, you know, what, what they're capable of or what they're, you know, what, what they're not so great at, at doing, what they're not so capable of, of doing. Um, it, uh, it, it really does prepare you for life. I, I, I can't say that it doesn't. The educational part of it, you know, how, how relatable that is, how much of that carries into the work world. I can't speak for that for everyone. Uh, and of course, there are definitely things that that can be changed. But how it develops you as a person, as a human being, um, I think it's it's very beneficial, very beneficial. It, it's, for the most it, part. it develops you. Right. And it, and I'm not going to yeah. say it makes you a better person, because I don't think that's fair. I think if, you, if you were a dick going into college and you hung out with dicks in college, you're probably gonna be a dick after college like that's yeah. But well, it, that's the thing is it, it really does expose you to different people, you know, yeah. and, and different walks of life. You know, a lot of people might be very close minded going into college and all of a sudden you're hanging out with somebody and oh, look at that. His his boyfriend came over like, OK, and he's um you know, this person that I may, you know, going in, not saying me personally, but, you know, somebody may go in with a certain, you know, feeling towards people that are different from them. And, you know, all of a sudden they're exposed to different sexualities, different genders, different gender norms, different races, different ethnicities. And it's like, oh, shoot, like everything that I, all the stereotypes, all the ethnotypes that I had in my head are all, you know, just that, just that they're just creations that I had in my head that are not necessarily true. Yeah. Um, really does broaden your experience. It broadens your horizon. And I think it makes you more well-rounded for well, sure. It should. It should. It should. And, and it's a it shame because it doesn't, it doesn't do it for everyone. You, know, you see these, 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 these right wing nut jobs on some of these college campuses. And, you know, I think that's a whole nother discussion. I think that's a shame. But you're right. I think in, in, a, in, a, in a perfect world, that's that's exactly what it's supposed to do, especially for people who haven't been exposed to that. Um, I think college is a great opportunity to do that. But then again, and I, I really don't want to backtrack, but. Um, when you start talking things like financial limitations and colleges, I think, in my opinion, are becoming less diverse because there are certain groups of people who simply cannot afford to go to colleges and certain people who can't afford are of certain types. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just it's a shame that finances. I, there was a great 60 minute story I watched the other day on um, how colleges are becoming a lot more diverse racially, but they are not becoming more economically diverse in terms of the, mm. especially the sort of Ivy Leagues, where they, they have done a legitimate, what is it, Harvard this year, the majority of their students coming in are Asian American. Yep. Um, you know, they're, they're doing a much better job racially, but in terms of the, the, the amount of students considered low income going into Harvard has stayed flat over the last decade. So I think they, they recently started doing some kind of quota, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. for, to, well, to try to get more 
And again, like they say, middle income. But again, like the way that they're wording middle income could just be like middle high income or low high. And, you know, um, it is very true. You know, and they don't a lot of colleges will not show you how the other half lives. Like it's not going to be economically or class integrated. But hopefully, you know, you can make a start with the race, religion, sexual orientation. You you do what you can. You do what you can. Sure. Mm hmm. Now, I will say uh, one fun thing about college is the dining hall. Whoa. All you can eat, buddy. Dive in. And boy, did we. That, yeah. (laughs) Boy, did we indeed. I I sit here today. I cannot believe how I ate. Oh, no. I can't believe how you ate, but you kept the same figure. That's the secret I never figured out. I still have not. I just now have lost the weight from college. Yeah. Actually, to be honest, you know you know where I really gained the weight was sophomore year when we started eating out at restaurants. Ooh, yes. That was a big mistake. And fast food. Because yeah. at least <laughs> like at the college, the college dining hall, I wouldn't say was healthy, but at least it was like, because there was so much food, I didn't feel like I had to eat all of it. Like, I would just kind of yeah. eat a little bit, and it was the same stuff all the time. But then it's like every night, it's like, oh, we're going to Applebee's, and it's like, oh, God, no. Yeah, that stuff was, is terrible. Yeah. I think you're right on that. I think that was that was a mistake. If if I could go back and, and change something, it would probably be that. Maybe we we could have made some salads every now and then. Salad night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, the unlimited food, that's uh you know, it's it's really it's not what you think. I, I think that a lot of people go in and they're like, oh, I'm going to have like three cheeseburgers and two slices of pizza. But no, it's it really just gives you a variety. It's like Oh, I don't feel like having pizza, so I'm gonna have, uh, you know, one burger or something like that. I think that if it, it's all about self control, really, is what it comes down to in the end. But I agree with you. I think that the ones going off the meal plan and into the nearby restaurants that were, it was not the best decision. We, no. I think, uh, no, that's a harder that's a harder transition than going from your old home to all you can eat. I yeah. think is it at least with the, with the freshman year with that meal plan, you know, you had, you had a place that you would go and it wasn't like, Oh, well it's so late. The only place that's open right now is Chili's or, you yep. know, like, yep. yeah, we sure uh, did that a lot. Um, late night pizza. They say the freshman 15 is, you know, comes from the booze you drink, but I, I think it's more to do with the, with meals and, oh, yeah. and AKA the, 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 the lack of nutrition. But by the way, I think college dining halls have a wonderful opportunity because I have had the pleasure of going to a couple of quote unquote award winning dining halls um, outside of the college we attended. And I think that's a great opportunity to introduce students to healthier eating, to more diverse foods from around the world, to things they may not have tried. I think our particular dining hall served fine food certainly edible food but it was pizza and cheeseburgers and pasta and meatloaf and things you've had before um and i I, i've been to some where it's there are stations that are just dedicated for different parts of the world and there's always you know there's an emphasis and i think colleges are hopefully moving in this direction where it's you know maybe the college spends a little bit more money or at least is smarter about how they spend it but instead are focusing on better better foods and a better way to educate students about food. Because again, college is about preparing you for life. It's not necessarily in the classroom. It's in a lot of other places. One of those is in high eight. Very true. Very true. Very true. Um, 
Can't wait to get a uh, tandoori station <laughs> up in Marist for our reunion. See if we could go up there and. Uh... Hey, they got a sushi station. That's that's a pretty big upgrade. You know, that's take what start. take what you can get. That's a start. Yeah, you, you, you think the Brazilian flatbread counts as a cultural experience? I, I don't know. <laughs> it is an experience. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Let's see. Is there anything else we haven't covered about? We haven't really talked about partying. Um. No, we haven't. We In haven't talked you... about partying. We also haven't talked about how to pick the right college, the right fit. I mean, I guess you talked about that a little bit, but like college tours, we didn't talk about oh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, let's, like that, let's uh, dive into that. Were you a fan of college tours? One. College tour, all right. So um, how many colleges, approximately how many colleges did you visit on your in your journey? I, I would say I officially toured five colleges. Same over here, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I also toured five. I think I think if you're touring more than five, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because then I think that's overkill. A little bit, yeah. Um, I would say more, no more than no more than six. Yeah, like six or seven. If you hit like double limit. digits, you've gone too far. Oh sure, sure. I totally agree. And people the do. I, I knew, is where, uh, I, yeah. I knew people who applied to fifteen schools. I said you're absolutely no. insane. That doesn't make any sense. Then you're then you're paying that you're paying that application fee every time. Oh yeah, yeah. That then it really becomes a little crazy. It's like you stretch yourself a little thin on that one. The key you got to keep it a nice limited number. Yep. Um, no more than six or seven. But um, now when you went on your college tours, like, uh, do you remember the questions that people asked their tour guides? Sure. Well, you know, and I, I'm a little biased, Matt, as you know. Uh, college tour room. Uh, I got the opportunity to be paid to have my room be a tour room on the tour. Tour groups would come through. And so I got to hear some of their questions while I was in college and then also on the tour. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was always the same questions at every, you know, Oh, what's the, what's the nightlife like? Oh, do, does everyone go home on the weekend? Oh, what's the food in the cafeteria like? Oh, or the, is there air conditioners in the dorms? Oh, you know, it's kind of the same kind of the same questions i i don't you know you've been on one tour you've been on them all yeah um do you remember any any particularly funny or ridiculous questions well i was going to ask you if 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 any of the colleges you toured were like really bad because i toured a college and maybe i'll be nice and i won't say the name but it was in uh, so it was recommended to me by somebody. This was this was when I was going into school for broadcast journalism, which I ended up not doing. But uh, this school was was known that was like their big thing, broadcast journal. That's all they really did. And I'm like, okay, it's interesting. The the it was at the Vermont border with Canada, way up there in the middle of goddamn nowhere. And I didn't until I got there. Big mistake on me for not doing my research. I did not find out they only had 400 students in the entire college, and it was. It was up on a mountain, and this school looked like it was built in the 60s and had never been touched. It was so ghetto. This The dorms were, like, just gray cinder blocks for walls. Like, not even, like, the kind of, like, dorm cinder blocks. Like, this was, like, really ghetto. And the and they're like, oh, yeah, when it snows, the, the campus is, like, so dead. There's, like, never anyone here. Because it snows, like, all year round because it's basically in Canada. And they're like, so oh, you yeah, brew some bathtub gin and pass out. Like, <laughs> like, like literally <laughs> the college had like four buildings, 
Like, it, mm-hmm. and they're, they're like, oh, yeah, no one actually lives here. You know, that's that's crazy. No, that's this college is just for the couple kids, a couple cities around here. And I'm like, why the fuck did I come here? This place is nuts. <laughs> and the funny thing is, that's the only college they offered me a full ride scholarship to go there. Of course they did. Full no, ride. Discover that we exist. Please come to our. And school. I was like, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it at that point. And I don't regret that at all. I don't know, Matt. Yeah. Did, did you see anywhere particularly interesting? Um, I, I never had an experience like that. I remember, I just remember, I don't know. I, I, I get this sense a lot that this happens more often than you might think that people will go to a college and just not really feel right about it. Just not get a good feeling right. As soon as they step out of the car, just like, no, this isn't for me. Or like, you know, after, after the tour being like, I, I, this doesn't sit well with sure. me. Um, and I remember most of the schools I went to were kind of like that. You know, I, I didn't outright hate it, but I was like, I just get some kind of feeling, some kind of sense that I'm not going to be happy here or this isn't the right fit. Uh, you know, until um, until our college came along and, and uh, I took the tour of Marist and I was like, all right, actually, this I really like it here. I can really see myself living here day to day. Um, one school I went to. I'll say the name because I'm not going to shit on it. Um, but uh, SUNY Stony Brook in in uh, in on Long Island, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot, and I really did feel like I could, could I could see myself there. But then we left the tour and started driving back home, and we ended up sitting in I'm not joking, almost three and a half hours of traffic because Long Island, yeah, and that's what Long Island is like at, at certain times of the day. Yeah, so I was like, well. Every time I and back this is back when I was in high school and I thought I was going to go home a lot ended up not being the case at all. And that's another thing that you don't they don't tell you about college is that like it really becomes your home. Um, And even if you do live like my my parents only lived like a little over an hour away from from Marist, but I barely went to go visit them ever. I I think I, I went home like once through like probably once you know, aside from like breaks and stuff like yeah. that, probably once, like just to drive home and see how things were. And it was like my early, my freshman year. But um, yeah, back then I was like, oh, three and a half hours of traffic on the way back. I can't do this. Like not for me at all. But um, the tours really do give you, I think they do give you a good sense of like when you walk around the campus, it's like you should be asking like, questions like do do people just disappear over the weekend because i was told that in a college tour yep you know most of the people here don't stay here they go home for the weekend yep definitely turned me off from from applying there or considering that as an option so i think that should be a big a big question is you know what what does what do the weekends look like here what what is what's available outside of classes what is available to me? What kind of student activities are available? Um, and, and you start there and then you kind of get a sense that way. What I, another kind of shitty way, um, is a lot of the, the, I went to a sleepover. I went to like one of the like campus sleepover where they had you know, a session for the parents and then a session for the students and the session for the students, they, they buddy you up with somebody who, who goes to that school and then you yep. sleep over them. Then all of a sudden, like that night, it's, you know, that's that, that really it's very weird, 
almost like yeah it's a it's a weird environment it's 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 almost like a switch goes on and they're like ooh, this is what we really do at night (laughs) i was like i don't know that that was a big turnoff for me it was like it wasn't it wasn't authentic didn't feel authentic at all felt manufactured like this is what college is like in movies so this is what it's like here i just i felt the whole time like i was at like a really bad timeshare presentation that was being put on by the students and by the faculty together like both con like a long con yeah i was like i I didn't feel good about that either so i think the way to go is with a very authentic experience you know this is what what we're about this is what you get take it or leave it yeah, I mean it, it's hard because those those to- they're designed to be sanitized. I mean, obviously they're not going to point out all the stuff that sucks about going to that school. So you know what I what I usually tell people to ask both the tour guide and either before or after the tour, grab a random student walking around and ask them what's the worst thing about this school and hold their feet to the fire and make them answer. And if they give you a BS answer, oh, it's too much fun. No, you really force me. Say, look, I'm going to make you say something negative about this school. Okay, it's, I know it's not perfect. I know that there's a downside. So when you think of the biggest, what's the worst thing you can think of about this school? It's perfectly fine because if the worst thing you can think of isn't that bad, then maybe I'll go here. Yeah. It doesn't that, always work, but sometimes it does, especially if you grab a, a random one. student. Don't be afraid to, I learned this the hard way. Don't be afraid to ask a random student on the campus their thoughts. Because a lot of them are going to be fans of the school and are probably going to want to say nice things if they're friendly. But you will get some honest, and you say, "Look, I'm serious. Just be honest. I'm I'm really interested in going here, and you go here, and you and what did you wish you knew when you were going on the tour about this place? And if they say, "Look, it's not a perfect school. It's got a it's a couple issues, but overall, I really like it here," then hey, you learn something valuable. Yeah, I really like that approach. I think that's something but that you, our listeners can can take away. But you got to be know? bold enough to do it. That's the that's the only yes. thing is you got to be aggressive because they, I'm telling you, they will want to really paint you a rosy picture. So you gotta you gotta be a, almost a dick about it. Um, yeah, which isn't always I, I fun. Like, oh, I, I think that's a good approach, and you get a real honest answer there. Uh, it made me think of that quintessential interviewer question. You know what what's the what's your worst quality or what's sure. your worst attribute? And you know and the interviewee will say something like oh well you know i care too much or i'm too attentive to details or you know i'm i'm a real i'm so i'm so much of a workhorse that you know i'll work myself into the ground or some real clear bs that is just not true but will hopefully land you the job um i i would also i would also tell people too that the one other tip that i really like to give people is talk to somebody in your major that's a big one because a lot of colleges are great overall, but like the communications program is awesome, but the science program sucks. Like, you know, don't, don't be afraid if your tour guide is an art major and you're not, don't be afraid to be like, talk to the college and be like, I want to talk to somebody or just walk into the building and talk to somebody in, in, in your respective field because it's, it really, those are the, you know, obviously like the, the, the food and the living and the culture and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's the same for everybody, but you're going to be spending a lot of your time with the people in your program, especially in your later years when you can't transfer or do anything about it. So really take the time to learn if that program is legit and the people who work there are nice, because that is going to have a bigger impact on your quality of life. Cause you can always Very make true. different friends. Every college is going to have good people and bad people living there. You can make different friends. You can find something to eat in the dining hall. But when it comes to your program, if those people suck, you're trapped. 
I like that one too. I, I want to add one thing onto that. How do you feel about this? Take a stroll after the tour is over. Take a stroll to the you know the the restroom. Okay, in one of the schools, like one uh-huh. of the like class schools. But you know, on your way there, maybe walk slower, saunter over there, and on your way, listen to classes being taught if you're going dirt while school is in session listen to how the professor is presenting it you know is this is that you know this is what i'm going to be doing for the next four years you know is it hands-on real like hands-on stuff or if i'm a science major are they actually like operating on cadavers and and you know doing science experiments or is it all lecture based you know is it uh it how 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 good is their lab really like they'll tell you that they have a state every college you go to will have a state-of-the-art lab that they just you know got a big grant and just bought all this new equipment for top-of-the-line equipment but are they actually using that equipment are they actually teaching you like more about that equipment how to be how to be comfortable with it how to use it in a workplace setting check that stuff out as well yeah i mean and and again I, I, uh, these suggestions are like take effort and boldness to do, but it's four years of your life and a hundred thousand dollars of your money. So put in the time to learn this shit, guys. It's important. But what I would say is if you have the time and are willing to take a step further, call the Dean of that school or a director in that school and say, I want to come audit a class. I want to come sit in on a class. You find me. I guarantee anyone worth. And if they say like an aggressive, no, that tells you something about that school, because I bet you right. most of them are going to say, look, I'm not trying to rip you guys off for a free class or anything, but like, I'm really interested in your college. And I just want to come in one day, one class and just sit in and see what it's like. Don't call the admissions office, by the way, would be my advice. If you want to do that, because they're either going to say they're too busy or they're going to set you up with something that may not be off. Call the, the, that part of the school directly and just say, Hey, right. director for communications. I'm really interested in I really want to be a web designer. So can I sit in on, on one of your upper level web design classes and see what they do, see what the professors are like and the classes are like? I, I think that's a great opportunity. I mean, you got to do your research. That's the biggest thing is, is just going on the regular vanilla tour. Frankly, you don't, you learn the basics. You don't learn that much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like you said before, every tour, no tour guide is going to be like, yeah, the school actually kind of sucks. Yeah. It's it's the tourist is, is there to sell the school. They well, handpick those guides to to sell the school. That, that, There's a reason they visited Colby and Sean's room. Well, it's hard. It was visit, hard. It they really didn't was. Visit Matt and Billy and Aunt Alex's room because they, <laughs> they, they would they, ask us they questions. Those places, you know. And we and they and we we have to kind of be honest. I mean, they they'd ask us. You know, of course, they always ask the stupid questions like, "How's the food here?" and "Are the classes hard?" and you're like, "The food's fine and the classes are fine." You know, it's like you, you didn't have to lie too much, but occasionally you would get some pointed yeah. questions, and you'd have to kind of fudge it, and and so that's why you really gotta gotta peek. It's the same if you're buying a car or house or any other big purchase. You gotta really do gotta really do do the legwork, mm. as they say. Uh, yeah. Now, Matt, we're at an hour fifteen, so we're we're definitely. We, we've really cruised through our time. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say we're in overtime now. Uh, is there is there any last points you'd like to make on co- any final thoughts? Um, like anything else in life, college is definitely what you make of it. Um, there's only one person who's going to d- dictate whether you have a great experience or not, and that's you. It's really it really is you. It's the mindset. It's the attitude. It's how you approach people. Like you said before. 
you're going to school with, you know, thousands of other individuals, maybe even tens of thousands of individuals that are around your age that are, you know, you're bound to find somebody who is into the same stuff as you. And if you if you if you have trouble at first, which you might, you know, it doesn't it doesn't click for everybody, especially if you're going to a bigger university. You know, I my advice is to is to seek out. Um, you know, there's, there's tons and if any college worth its salt has tons or dozens of clubs and programs and activities that, you know, are specifically there to bind people of like minds together. And, um, you know, if you truly are lonely or unhappy, like I I recommend changing your setting and, and, and really like kind of finding new people to mesh with. That's what college is all about. It's about, it's about, you know, making relationships and, and growing as a, as a person, as, as, as yourself. So, um, don't be afraid to, you know, if you, if you, you don't have to be best friends with your roommate. As a matter of fact, they, they encourage you, I think, to just, to kind of not be just to, so you can branch out, um, and, 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 uh, you know, grow as a person. I, th- I think it, it definitely will, would, would benefit you, um, to do that. Cause you know, you could have some real shitty experiences with, with newer people and that'll only help you grow in the end too. So, um, but you know, the, the, the real, the true friends are the ones that stick with you even after college is gone. And, and Sean Jennings, I'm real happy that you were one of those true friends. So it's, it's, um, it it really is college is really, and and I know we, we spent half the episode bitching about the negatives and, and the cost and all this, but, it really is an experience that I wouldn't trade for, for anything in the world. So, well, there are a lot of experiences in life that are broken. doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. And college is one of them. You know, we, yeah. sadly we can't change the world in, with a snap of our fingers, but you know, we can only try to improve it. Um, right. We're not Thanos. No spoiler alert. <laughs> Still have not seen that. Uh, but I would, you know, Matt, I, I would say when it comes to looking for colleges, my two key pieces of advice, make sure you can afford it. And, and how did you feel when you were there? I toured five colleges and only one of them, I left that day feeling like, wow, there was something special about this place. And everyone I know who I've talked to has had the same, there was always that one place that there was, you can't put your finger on it, but there's something about it that felt good. Go to that place, assuming all things are equal between your options. Sure. Um, and I would, I, Matt, I wholeheartedly agree with you. It sounds so cheesy. I feel nauseous even saying it, but college is what you make of it. And... You know, if, if, if your only thing is going to class and sitting around, you're not doing the college experience and you're going to miss out. And, and there are things I wish I had done in my earlier years at college so I could have done it all four years instead of in the last year or two. I mean, if you want to be a TV star, your college spent a million dollars building a state-of-the-art TV studio. Go fucking use it. Like, that's <laughs> like seriously, this is shit you're not going to be able to do. I did the radio program for the last year I was there. I wish I'd been doing it all four years because now it's like that could have been so cool. This is kind of what I do now. So it's it, it, you, you have to really play, have fun, you know, try things you hadn't done before. And if it fails, who cares? No one cares because no one's watching what you're doing. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Going back to like the sand, the like the the play date idea, like college is really one big sandbox, yeah. you know. And the screw best, around. You want to try stuff. partying? Like, try partying. It maybe it maybe you'll love yeah. it. Maybe you'll you hate it. You might love it. You might hate it, but you know? but at least you tried it. Friends, and you don't have any regrets. Try friends. Some you're not going to like. There are some people that I was friends with in college. I don't talk to anymore for specific reasons because I don't like them. But there are also people like you, Matt, who it's like it ended up working out well. That's the best part because there are so many people around. Just yeah. 
relax, enjoy. College is a wonderful experience. You're not going to do everything right, but you're going to do a lot of things right. And that's what's exciting about it. And I think it's such a it's such a critical part of the human experience in this modern age. Um, and and while, while it needs some work in some areas, I think we can agree, uh, both of us, that um, it's, it is something special, certainly. Indeed. Indeed. Well, Matt, I think we were, I think I just heard the bell. Yep. Uh, class is dismissed. Class is out of session. No homework tonight. That's no, good. Your, your homework, come back next week and join us for another episode of Up for Debate, uh, where we will be talking who knows what, but it'll be another exciting topic. Of course, you can go to our website, upfordebate.tv, and get all our episodes, including the past ones. Uh, last week, we did a great episode on collecting, uh, and next week, we'll have another one, so it'll be fun. Uh, you can also get our episodes wherever you get podcasts, Overcast, iTunes, really anywhere we stream it, uh, and the video version on YouTube, of course. And you can follow us at Up for Debate TV on Twitter and email us, upfordebatetv at gmail.com. I'll remind everybody we're in the middle of our summer movie league. You can follow along all summer long at upfordebate.tv slash movies. Uh, that updates weekly, uh, both there and on our Twitter account. So uh, keep an eye on that. And uh, and I'll also just quickly tease that you can check uh, me out every week over on Up for Debate at upfordebate.io. Uh, up, no, every week at Don't Panic at don'tpanic.io. I almost had that. Uh, where we talk the tech news every week with myself, Dan, and Colby. It's a lot of fun. You can check that show out there. But... We are going to wrap up here. So on behalf of Matt, I am Sean. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we'll see you next time for another great episode of Up for Debate.